Welcome, Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your Favorite Blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. All right, guys, so we're back, and we are in t- coming into part two of our appearance from your favorite blockhead, and we were talking about authentic anger. Welcome back, Brian. Always good to come back on the show, bud. Had to take my quick, uh, quick water break there. Everybody needs a Snoopy cup, man. Everybody needs a little something to get them through the day. <laughs> well, we had, a great, we had a great conversation, you know, in the beginning part, um, talking about what happened with Tori and her business. And we kind of slid over into authentic anger and we kind of discussed the difference between unknown territory. (laughs) Yeah. We discussed the difference between emotional uh, anger and authentic anger. And, you know, we said it's another way of saying in uh, what was it? Intellectual anger, because, you know, I think people don't have an idea of how you can be intellectually angry. And I, the only thing I can ever explain is like you hear somebody repeat a scenario to you and you agree with them that that's how it went down but then you hear their interpretation and you say how in the world could they come up with that interpretation and that makes you intellectually (laughs) angry because you're like you almost feel like they're doing it on purpose they're lying they're making up a story you know so bad timing on that one mike i almost snotted water out of my nose (laughs) (laughs) well at least we're gonna at least it was water (laughs) We're going to get into part two where we really get into a little more depth about authentic anger and different situations. And we end up talking a little bit about the feud between you and Toria. And that becomes rather interesting, too. So everybody listen up. Here we go. We're going in. Listen into the show. You know, it's interesting, though, because you bring to mind the fact that like I have a a son who's a sophomore in Mm -hmm. high school. He's a typical boy, you know, he tests the envelope. So he uses a word like forever and like constantly to the point where you want to strangle him. Like, what? If you say that word one more time, I'm going to kill you, you know? But instead, you don't, you just let him say it. But you kind of point out, do you even know what that word means? And then you define the word for him. <laughs> Siri, help me out. <laughs> you know, well, yeah. And it's Welcome like, to their I now. <laughs> yes. You know, so you define the word for him and be like, what does that mean? And then you explain to him, well, you know, do you think that's something you should use in public? Well, no. Okay, then. Well, I'm going to let you use it around me because it gets it out of your system. And that way you don't use it around somebody else. And I, used, I remember when they were in, when all of the kids were younger, teachers would say and other parents would say, oh, they're so well behaved. You're so lucky. And we would always laugh and say, well, yeah, they are well behaved, but some, you should see what some of the things they do at home, right? Right. What they and, bring home to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so you just, but I prefer that when they're out in public, they be on their best behavior. And when Absolutely. they're at home, they get to let their hair down a little bit. And so, unfortunately, a lot of parents try to control how they behave at home. Yeah, unfortunately, we're just as guilty of doing that. But most of the time, we're guilty of things that are 
out of just modesty. I guess it's one of those, like, if you have a drink, mom, mom wants you to put that on a coaster. Well, stepdad is going to reinforce that because that's what mama wants. Happy wife, happy life. But there's still some things that go to, okay, when if it's courteous, you know, or, you know, when you, when you use the restroom, I mean, come on, you know what to do. I mean, the toilet's a wonderful invention. If you use the mechanism three inches above it, known as the toilet handle. Middle school kids don't know how to use that. <laughs> right. and adults don't know how to. That could be a rant I can get off on on, on the on what I've seen in public restrooms and how people are just mm-hmm. leaving their diapers in a restaint for and expecting a waitress or waiter to pick that up. Seriously, they are I not you, your mother. But anyway, I, that, go for it. On your topic, there is somebody in our office building, an office building. Professional people work here. And they get into the bathroom every freaking morning, like before 6 a.m., and take a giant dump, and they leave it there. And obviously, I'm talking the women's bathroom. And they don't flush. And like, it's like, what are you doing with your life that you can't flush a toilet? Insert authentic rage here. Right? <laughs> well, and that's, if that's, ever I think, the thing. But that's the thing I think that people need to understand because it's we, we beat a dead horse sometimes. But like, like we always say. You could have 20 opinions about 20 different things. And sure. I could agree with five of your 20 opinions and disagree with 15. That doesn't mm-hmm. make me your enemy. I no. There's things we're going to be allies on and there's things we're going to be opponents. But yeah. ne- but did I ever say enemy? No, because you know I'm not setting out to destroy you and you're not setting out to destroy me. And I think that's the thing where society loses it. And you can't be authentic with some people in society because if you are, they get all rageful and, you know, I can't believe you acted that way. Thus, the reason I brought up the Fahrenheit 451 reference, because that is a warning about a dystopian society. Why are they banning, burning books? Right now it's banning some of them. They're burning them because that brings out free thinking. It brings out intellect and it brings out people who are going to be offended. One way to solve this completely is kind of like we talked about with prohibition. We get rid of books altogether. We get rid of information and education so that we can all be in this happy little dystopian world that is dis- disconnected from any kind of relation that we could have of what you're talking about right now. You well, mean, you know, just because we disagree, we're just challenging each other's thoughts. That's exactly. really it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's and it's not that you're out to destroy me or make me look stupid and vice versa. But like I will tell you, like you did bring up an interesting issue. I'm not going to mention the name of the faith, but, you know, there's a religion that I <laughs> investigated a little bit, not from more from the standpoint of what it was all about, not from the standpoint of let's go be one of these. And they would have these meetings. And first of all, if you weren't a member, you had to sit at the back of their worship center and if you were a member, you sat in the front of the worship center. And then they had written articles, and the articles had numbered paragraphs. And so they would ask a question. Well, question number one, the answer was within paragraph number one. And if you didn't read it exactly as it was, they'd go to the next person and say, can you please give me the answer? If the words were, you know, I'm on Squadcast, and you just said, I'm on the air, Nope, sorry, that's not what it said. You got to wait until they say exactly what's in the article. Well, that's brainwashing. Sure. And and that's not authentic. So many people do that kind of stuff where they're taught by organizations that they trust that this is the way to do it. And they're being, you know, they're being misled. And unfortunately, people say, oh, it's how come they're not smart enough to know? It's not about being smart. They've been taught this and indoctrinated with this. And so. Yep. Their yep. brains think a little differently than ours would, you know, because they're not taught to think outside. They're taught to think only what we've told you is what's true. Exactly. 
So I think captain, you need to know captain, my captain moment right there in that church pretty quick. Cause yeah, I, I, yeah, I, it, 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 that absolutely breaks my heart to hear that. Mike, I was going to be facetious and say, you must be talking about the church that came out of Lubbock, Texas, known as the church of the flying spaghetti monster. Like I'm assuming you're talking about a different one though. <laughs> I, I can't, talk, I can't I take them serious. Not because I'm mad at them. I can't take them serious because I just burst up last time I read their ideology. I'm like, y'all are just so funny. I have to tell you something hilarious. Go okay, so it. most most people don't know about the Pastafarians. So like you're like 10 points higher in my book than you were before. But there's a dude in Vancouver, Canada who fought the government and won to be able to wear his colander on his head in his driver's license photo as religious headdress. He was a Pastafarian. It makes me laugh every time I read about it. And he's like, it's on all of his photo ID except for his passport because passports allowed no headwear at all. Interesting to know what it. hill he's willing to die on. I I right? tried to get y'all to have the 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 dying on the hill uh, with the, with the Torians and the and the all of the battles that we had and the shots fired. But golly, that's an interesting hill to die on. Wow. I will right. wear my colander. You will not tell me. Be prepared, because you know we are going to ratchet that Instagram war up just a little tiny bit, just just a little bit. Uh, something gotta go back some, to gotta go back to my battleship pieces and gotta figure out my strategy of, now. Some kind of uh, you know character might get you know injured or something. We'll, we'll see. Anyway, mm. yeah. Oh, look at his well, face. I, I already oh, no. killed the blockhead. I beat him with a YPN bomb. Like, what more yeah, can you do? This is true. This is true. But but here's the thing. Okay, you were talking about how they need to have like a kind of come to Jesus moment, you know, and you're, you're not wrong because it's more, I don't blame the leadership as much as I blame the people who are following the leadership because the leadership's just teaching what they think they want to teach. Right. The people following are supposed to check it and see if it's like, why would I do this? And they're not checking it. And so they sort of have to take ownership for the mistake that they make. But now that they've made that mistake, how about always check things out? Like she, she had a client once that, basically stole her work and then she googled him afterwards and she found out like oh my god like this guy has been scamming people (laughs) oh wow! and she's now learned from that situation to always google every client before she takes the job because sure you know you don't you still get burned sometimes but not as badly right nothing to that extreme when you go into with your eyes open that's the key thing like you you go into with your eyes open so exactly. I was really mad today because, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm a hundred thousand years old and my brain doesn't function the way it used to. And my, I love the Denver Broncos. They are my absolute favorite football team. And I have never been to a live game with them ever. Not once, never zero. And I've been a fan, I don't know, 42 years. That's all. And I've never seen them. It's just football's too dang expensive, right? Well, Unfortunately, yes. Those are there's a preseason game tonight, and I thought it yeah. was next weekend. I the didn't think it was, line's a lot cheaper. I didn't, I didn't think it was this weekend. I thought it was next weekend. And I go on SeatGeek oh, to look oh. for some hockey tickets for when my daughter is here, and I see $5 seats to go and watch the game. And I look at the time, and it starts in five minutes. So I was like, well, I guess that's not happening. Five dollars. I could have finally gone to see it for five dollars. Now you watch when they come Man. here and like when they come here to play the Chargers in like December, it's going to be like a hundred and fifty bucks to get in for one ticket. 
I'm pretty sure they'll beat the Chargers. <laughs> I'm keeping my expectations well, but low it's, for but that. The thing <laughs> becomes, but the thing becomes, then I have to make the decision, you know, do I want to spend $300 so that Toria will go with me? Or do I right. want to, like, do what she would want me to do, which is just go by myself? And I don't mm-hmm. really want to go by myself because especially, had I been before, different story. But I want to experience the very first time with somebody else who can kind of, you know, enjoy it with me. And sure, isn't that also a problem to go into uh, live games anyway, that when you when you go, let me give you an example. Let's say I went to a UFC event and I got as close as I could to the cage because those are expensive. Those are like a thousand plus a pop to be even cage side. Right. So let's just say if I went something like maybe the 350 area, uh, seat area that's midway, what am I going to be doing most of the time? Am I, I, might, I might be watching the walkouts of guys that I want to see, but most of the time I'm going to in the screen because that's a closer depiction of what's actually happening inside of that cage. When I went to the San Diego Chargers game back in 2008, I want to say that was 2008 when they defeated the Colts and Darren Sproles had the game of his life because I was in San Diego at the time and when I was still at the Navy. Most of the time, even though I was able to see a lot of the game from certain points, I was able to see Darren Sproles take the, the, the final touchdown in in overtime, but most of the time I'm looking at the screen and I go, I paid the, and you have that moment of where you want to kick yourself. I paid this to be sitting here and watching this when it could yeah. have been in my AC and in my home at the quote 50 yard line for the Broncos in your case, or I could have been avoided some dodo bird. I had to sit <laughs> next to that could possibly ruin my entire afternoon. I'm that just throwing other very, scenarios. That out part's there. Very, that part's very true. I like how you think positively while I'm thinking pessimistically, <laughs> you know, yeah, great I mean, minds think just, alike. that's just me. You know, it's like, I'm not going to assume in this instance, and I should, I should assume the good side, but I'm not. I assume the bad right. side. That's you want the experiences. You want the memories. I mean, sure. But still, well, yeah, I don't like want to, you know, like I like to go at least once. That'd be the thing. That's why yeah. actually I like baseball games the most because I think they're the most authentic as well because you go there and yeah. there's not like a screen. They show replays, but you got to sure. watch the baseball game live, like right there as it happens. Agreed. And, and I actually think that's why newbies have a harder time understanding baseball, which you and I both know is a simple, simple sport. Mm-hmm. They have a harder time understanding that than say football. And, yeah. And it's like it doesn't move be- as fast. It, and it's I mean, right, and it's because they don't see it on a screen, and everybody's so damn comfortable with looking at things on a screen. Very true. And often you can go with uh, with the Torian Empire on this one because again, a hockey game <laughs> up for, a hockey game going to is actually a pretty good experience to to go to. It's not. It's not really, it doesn't feel like a waste of your time when you go watch hockey. Exactly. I, mean, I like hockey. Yeah. My daughter and I were talking about how I personally feel all sports are better in person than on the TV from the perspective of the energy. Yes. But for what I usually do on purpose is buy the lesser expensive seats because then, all right, it was worth it to me to spend a hundred bucks um, for this experience. Like you said, versus 350 bucks for multiple people, especially. No, at that point, you're like, my God, how much did I spend for me to stare at a screen? You know, like you have that moment at some point, unless you have enough uh, adult beverages in you that make you just go, "Uh, here I am. (laughs) And it it happens with hockey, too, though, you know, and to me, root beer floats for me. And that's a long day. (laughs) (laughs) It's well, we've had a long weekend um, and it's already and it's only Saturday. Um, Oh, my God. And that whole scenario I walked you through earlier has actually gone down and it's frustrating because it's literally one of those things where one person's reality is not reality 
And like everyone else involved sees it one way and that person sees it a completely different way. And I, I'm open to the idea that everyone else could be wrong, but I'm just kind of saying, hmm, reasonable minds are going to assume that 20 people that see it one way, that must have been the way it was. Most of the time, perception is reality, yes. If you were on a jury and they presented that case, you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go with the 20 people who said that he did it. Because If know, it doesn't fit, you must quit. Yeah, oh, it was great. <laughs> okay. Tori will tell you. Tori will tell you, though. That's one of my favorite court lines ever because, I mean, they won with it, didn't they? It's brilliant, even though, you know, the evidence goes a different way. The narrative absolutely won them over. So, I mean, I, well, I don't want to get too... But, but dude, yeah. think about that, though. Like, how ingenious was it of them to be able to take, like, all of this physical evidence and negate it with one thing? Oh, look, the glove didn't fit. <laughs> and, I mean, I could make a glove not fit. That fits Can we get perfectly. him to straighten his fingers, please? Yeah. Like, like <laughs> Can we get him to just, hold a highlighter? It's just, it's funny because that one thing negated, oh, you know, that was Mr. Simpson's DNA. It's like a 99.999999999998% chance that it's OJ Simpson. Oh, okay. That's negated because the glove didn't fit. All right. Then we have a guy who steps forward and says, I will use my Fifth Amendment right. Yeah, okay. Uh, way to blow your case with Mark Furman. Good job with that because yeah, that's all, I mean, all anybody's going to remember. Why, but that's why I say, I always tell people when they complain about the OJ verdict that the jury did their job. And I can see, you know, you may not agree with their ultimate decision, but I can see how they arrived at their decision at least. I mean, that's, I think that's important in any situation <laughs> like this. You have to understand how they got there. What would happen, hypothetically, if they came out while everybody is watching this in Los Angeles and they found him guilty? Can you imagine the riots that would have taken place that would have surpassed anything that happened in 1992? You were going to get either celebration or you're getting a riot to the third degree. In a way, you were going to get a riot either way because you were. But you I mean, know. you you got people that were shocked and dismayed, and you still had nasty, hateful arguments between each other. But you didn't have a city that was up in flames. But think about okay, what do you think would happen today? That's just a good segue into something. Good one. What do you think would happen today if that kind of thing played out on social media? Honestly, what would happen today? I, I again, you can correct me if you want, because at 25 years later, the 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 sting of everything is still very present, and it's even more present with the social media that's attached to it. I just believe that if it happened today, are you saying if he was found not guilty, or if he was found guilty, not guilty, he was found not guilty? Uh, I believe there would be a lot more acceptance of hate groups that would emerge in so many areas across the map globally that everything that we that people have complained about with uh under uh, Trump's administration I think it would put all of those to I think you know what I'm getting at here. No, I I have to agree with you. I think that I think that because of the ways see one of the things that bothers me about social media, you know, they talk about using it to go viral, right? And we all as podcasters, we want an episode to go viral yes. because you know that that's going to help it's our vehicle, find yeah. our show, right? Mm -hmm. But the other thing that can happen is one idiot can go out there and give the wrong piece of information on purpose yep. and somehow make it go viral. And now people are out there repeating things that just never happened. And exactly. that's one of the things, you know, we stand for on this show is talking to people in a real way 
about a situation. And, you know, if you're, but only if the person's made it really clear that they're comfortable with that. If yeah. they haven't, then we, you know, we back off. But kind of let's tie this up, coming back yeah. to the cuss word thing and what you said, you know, that's how we got there. <laughs> Believe it or not, that's how we got there. <laughs> and you guys think, turns. and you guys think that I don't know what's going on, but see, I, it's right here. Right he's stuck in, he's sticking his sword in and on. he's twisting it with relish but but <laughs> see but no you you the password thing the password thing we you gave you you handled it like a mature adult you gave us the choice and and not even that you didn't say you have to pick one way or you have to pick the other way oh. you gave us the choice that sometimes we can pick one way and then other episodes we can pick another way sure. and you and honestly i gotta tell everybody he's never once complained about whatever choice we've made again an adult Never. and that's why when brian said you know being honest and authentic and i said yes why we pick friends that way that's why we have brian as a friend as one of our friends because he's authentic and i can oh, i don't know why shucks, folks i'm speechless <laughs> i don't know why but i have a lot more that's respect i have a lot more respect <laughs> for people who are authentic than for people who have to put up a facade i don't know why that is I mean, and if he, I thought about it, I probably would have a reason. But I, I just, in my gut, I have more respect for those people. I, I appreciate that. I really do. And I hopefully you understand that there's a difference between a, a facade and a persona slash gimmick yes. that you would use for a podcast. In other words, your favorite blockhead 100%. does give you the ability to be able to attack me because I'm like, I've already put the name in their blockhead. And I go, you know, that, that was used <laughs> for so many years uh, in the Peanuts comic strip. And even before that, as a, you know, it, it was used derogatory in that sense. But also, like I said, if you, people ask me, they know, what would Jesus do? It's actually a, what would Sparky do? Because Charles Schultz himself went through the Second Great War and nobody knew him for using any profanity either. I mean, they knew him for, literally for saying when he'd get upset, he'd say, good grief and rats. So right. why not try? I mean, I fail when I get behind the wheel. My sailor side comes out whenever that my my U.S. Navy tongue shows up when I'm behind the wheel. But <laughs> but uh, but I will admit though it's 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 not a bad uh, attainable goal to reach for. It's not a bad objective for a podcaster because again it goes to it's nothing against y'all if y'all are going to use profanity. Again, it's your show. You've let your hair down. It is uh, your well, content. But they don't need another one. Let me know when you're ready to answer a question. Uh, whenever you're ready, what, the gloves can come off. Mind, what in your mind? makes a word bad i would have to say the intentions i would say so, anyways when we look at the english english language there's a difference between what a a a education setting like a school or a corporate setting like uh, like the workroom or where you have your professional meeting places to hit. there's a time where something is is accepted as inappropriate or unprofessional maybe because of the people that have been there. Let's say somebody who's been 50 years in the business and you know this is a person that you want to be on their good side. You know, there is a, there's a point to where you have a certain posture and a certain terms that you use. All I'm getting at, it comes down to what kind of intentions do you have with the terms that you but use? Who, but who determines what those intentions are? I think many ways the, the, the intentions come out of the emotions of the person. But don't um, I, often, but, but as, but if I'm the speaker, don't I get to say to you, no, that's not about, I'm not using that as a derogatory curse word. I'm I would say yes. Interject. Okay. That, that's, I knew you'd say that because you're an adult, <laughs> but what right. people say is no, you know, I get to interpret what you said and I get to decide what you said. And that's the problem. If you're going to tell me, tell me the truth, 
you've just asked for something and you can should never ask for something that you don't want to hear the answer to. So you've invited me to tell you, no, I don't like your shoes, right? I mean, you, you've invited me to tell you that. And I, I get like to them. choose, I get to choose what thing I quote pick on if I pick on something. And it doesn't sure. make, it doesn't make me rude because if I'm, you're right about intention. If I'm doing it because, you know, I, I want to make the person look like a fool. Well, that's offensive. There you but go. If, but if I'm doing it because, you know what, I'm just telling you we're, we're having a problem here. And in order to communicate better, I need you to understand what I'm perceiving and I'll listen to what you're perceiving. And then sure. guess what? We'll kind of go, well, okay, well, why do you perceive me that way? And I perceive you this way. And hopefully bring each other closer together so we can hopefully a compromise. Yes. And, yeah. And get along. That's, you know, it's not about yeah. bailing on the person, but when you don't act like an adult, that's what it is about. It's about <laughs> defending yourself and yeah. not caring about the other person's perspective. Because you know what? One of the hottest debated things is abortion, right? You could, sure. you could be completely against abortion. I could be completely, you know, okay with abortion. No one, I will never believe anyone is actually in favor of abortion. I'm just going to put it that way. But you could be okay with it. Just, we could be vehemently opposed, but that's okay. If you act like an adult and I act like an adult, we can be vehemently opposed. But that doesn't mean you're my enemy. You're still my friend. And that is what people should learn from this episode, which is going to be called You're Still My Friend, by the way. So, you know. That is our, that is our business, Commissioner Mahoney. I so, assume. You know, well, well, you kind of tonight a little bit, you made allusion to like make, make it a point to say that, you know, your, your battle with Victoria is, you know, not you know, a serious one. It's all for entertainment, no. but we already sure. knew that. So I'm just letting you know right. that like, like we're being authentic with you. If we thought there is a problem, we would just be like, dude, here's the, here's the problem because we trust exactly. you. You're an, you're an adult. You're not going to act like a little child. Like some people have acted. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that I am, I have risen. Let's just say I've risen above a lot of the examples you use. Cause I can admit, uh, listen to your last episode about the guy with the hotel room. I can honestly tell you that I have been that person before. And I look back on it now and I'm ashamed of it because most of the time it was like when I was working seven days a week when I'm exhausted. You know, I, I don't want I'm not going to say, Tori, put yourself in his shoes. I'm just going to say that now that I have a chance to sit back and reflect, I go at that time I was I was working seven days a week. I w had barely need to scrape by at the time. And sometimes, uh, you know, customers that had been traveling after a long day or were needing me to come through for them. And sometimes the broken system that I'm trying to work with was not a good answer for them. It would bring out a, a toxic side of me too. But the best answer for that was that I needed to leave that job. And in so many ways, so if uh, this uh, authentic rage redhead that you ran into, I'm using the R acronym again, if he needs to uh, leave the hotel business, then maybe that'd be the best thing for him. Well, and, you, know, say, you know, you're yeah. right though, Brian, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you're no, right you're, because, <laughs> because literally if you remember the story, when I went back there, I very nicely said, oh, Hey, you know, I'm sorry, yes. that room, that, that room's not ready yet. Like the maid's still in there and stuff's piled sure. up. And I was like, and I, no worries, no big deal. I literally said that she'll tell you, I say no worries a lot to people because I want them to know, like, I'm not stressing about it. Who cares? Right. You know? and I said, no but worries. I need to bring this to your attention. But, yes. but we need to, but we need a room because we've been driving since six o'clock this morning and we'd kind of like to yeah. crash for a little while, you know? Yeah. He was like, oh, it's okay. They'll have it done in like about an hour, hour and a half. And I was like, well, but no, <laughs> you know, like we're tired and we've been, <laughs> and we've been driving and, and he got started to get loud. Okay. Right. And so the girl says, 
knock it off, knock it off. I was still talking, you know, like a normal human being. And then he got loud a second time. And when he got loud the second time, I got loud. And right. he was like, and he was like, you, you know, I said, even your, your coworkers telling you to shush. He goes, well, why are you raising your voice to me? So then I told him, when you come at me, I'm going to come back at you. You mm-hmm. reap what you sow, man. You put what it you out sow. there, you're getting it back. And yeah. he, I agree with you. I could have, I could have completely been restrained and never said anything. And that would have also been okay. But it's also okay to be like, dude, you came at me. Now I get to come at you. And I did it in a respectful way and treat him like dirt. I even explained why I came at him. And then, of course, we had the problem with the key. She's smart. Right. She's like, well, now Mike's going to lose it. So I'm going to take the key. But you know what's funny? I wouldn't have lost it. I was I was like over it with this guy. I would right. have just went back down there and been like, okay, well, now I like kind of like the room before. Now we can't get in. And yeah. he was like, he was like, I just used the key. Well, just because you worked once doesn't mean it's always so going to work. You. Everything yeah. has a point of failure, right? Right. Everything. So I, I used to love that. Like people, oh, my car worked when I got here, but now it won't start. What's wrong? Well, yeah, that's called the point of failure. It happens. Well, bro was like, ah, and she's like, well, it's not working now. Can you please come upstairs and open the door for us? Well, it turned sure. out that we found out over the five days we were there at the lock. Sometimes it needed to get hit twice with the card. And then it was oh, just jackass. It was just a jackass lock, you know, and that, yeah. and, and actually we should have noted that when we checked out that the lock needed to be fixed. It so worked on its need, own time. Yeah. That's what needed was it needed to be fixed because it wasn't tuned up. Right. But, or go all office space on that lock. But like, again, they like, did on the copy. Like, why would you? Why <laughs> oh your, my God. Why is your first reaction that check in times at three o'clock, but it's okay to let a person check in at four 30 because you know, oh, well your first reaction should be, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm really yeah. so sorry. Right. I, if if you I care don't. about customer service and you want to keep that position, that is, that needs to be your answer. Or if it <laughs> isn't, then the time again, it's it's okay if the time comes that guy needs to exit that job. He probably won't be there much longer, you know, because I was no exception to this. I'm just saying that, you know, I I'm I'm not defending the guy. I'm just going. I can look back now and go. I'm ashamed of how I let that those jobs affect me. Similar to that, I can go. You know, I don't defend him. I could understand something breaking down in the system for something like a, like just say we're talking about Best Western. There might be some protocols. That, I'll give you an example. I worked at Enterprise. There is a protocol. I can give you all a free hint here that people are not supposed to downgrade you to a car. When they say, you get, let's say you get to a rental car spot and they say, we don't have any cars. No, that's not what they mean. What they mean is they don't have the car that you made a reservation for. They right. can always upgrade you to something higher, but it's not best practices to downgrade you from a Ford full size to a Ford Fiesta. That makes the company look bad. So they could do that with you. And that's why they check with their managers. And it's like that Seinfeld episode. You have the holding. Anybody can just take. <laughs> that, that's what that whole scene is getting at. They're saying we don't have it of what you ordered. And can they possibly upgrade you and keep the customer happy? So right. I, I just know that there were little things like that that happened that made me go, I probably couldn't do this for a living. And then, yeah. and now here I am with middle school dodo birds and couldn't be happy. I think that people in general are interesting because they don't want to understand that they have to like coexist in society. And so, so they have to be accepting of your opinion, my opinion, other people's opinion. And they unfortunately, especially, you know, no offense, but like, especially, you know, religious people, they want everything to be their way. And I respect religious people who put it out there explain why and then let you respond how you respond i don't respect the ones that beat you over the head right and that there you go that's where it goes so anyway it's been awesome talking to you tell people where they can find you 
Uh, you can find me if you just Google your favorite blockhead. You'll see me across the board. I think if you can find me even on the dark side now, Launchpad DM. I'm sure that's going to get you a little bit hot under the collar there, Mike. But uh, you can find me on iTunes. You can find me on Spotify. You can go to yourfavoriteblockhead.com to follow the blog page and find any of the episodes from past and present. And we just had a great episode. Episode 103 is where we're at. We got several. I got an MMA breakdown coming up soon all about Bellator. You should tune in. It's going to be a good time. All right. Well, with that. Good night, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye. Hanging up the blockhead phone now. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.